Chicago Sun-Times critic Roger Ebert wrote that the message of this film is baseball is purely and simply a matter of divine intervention. Vincent Canby of the New York Times said that though entertaining in short stretches, this film has no recognizable character of its own. And James Berardinelli of Real Views called it arguably the best baseball movie ever made. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of The Natural. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Welcome to Rune Childhoods. My name's Dan, and with me is my brother, John. How's it going, John? It's going great, Dan. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. Seen any, seen any good movies lately? Oh, well, let's see. Have I seen any good movies lately? No. You? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have. What, um, have you, what have you seen? I, I wasn't asking you just so that I would get to talk about my own you know, movie viewing history, but here we are. But you've, I mean, talk about it. Cause I need, you know, it's like for me, as I've, as I've discussed recently, my movie watching lately is like, there's always something else going on. Yeah. So I just, I need a minute. I, I, I wasn't prepared to answer that question. Cause I need a minute to think back because I know I, I like I had some movie on. I like watched the entire movie. I can't remember what it was. I wa- oh, I watched like most of uh was it Dressed to Kill? Really? Or was it the one with Michael Caine, the Brian De Palma with Michael Caine? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I, yeah, we're not on the trip. I, I don't right. think that I I don't think that I've seen that actually. I've just kind of like, I think I have a new, like for a long time, I did not have an appreciation of De Palma outside of a few of his films, like Carrie and The Untouchables. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I'm not a huge, or I've always thought of myself as not a huge De Palma fan because I'm not a huge Scarface fan. But then right. I think about things like Phantom of the Paradise and I'm just like, oh, I, right, that's pretty great. Um, Raising Cane Blowout and Blowout with uh, John Travolta. Oh, you know what the that's funniest? That's De Palma, I think. Can Can we talk about that? Because that's a movie. If I I don't know how many times I have like started that movie. Uh huh. But it's a lot. I can tell it's, you how many really times I finished it is none and it has nothing to do with how good it's just like for some reason it doesn't click with me there's something i don't know what it is there is it's it is like a really well-made movie and travolta's really good i nancy allen i, I travolta okay travolta's really good it's a really great just like it's a thriller uh yeah it's it's about a guy who and there's some there's some wacky stuff in there because he's you know a sound designer for a like schlocky horror right. production company right and it's you know and because he's trying to get atmospheric sound for a particular film that he's working on he like witnesses a 
like a, a murder or like the, the disposal of a body. And because he was recording stuff, he has like this evidence and it's really thrilling. It's a thriller, as I said. Yeah. It should be thrilling. And uh, I feel like John Travolta was really great in it. It was, you know, still pretty early Travolta. So, well, and, you really and that's another thing get is some good stuff. I mean, underestimated is Brian De Palma's role because Tra- in Travolta's career, because Travolta was in Carrie. That I don't know if that was right. his first movie. Uh, it very well might have been. But, like, yeah, De Palma had his little crew, and it was like Travolta, Nancy Allen. I think he was dating. I remember watching a documentary. I think it was the De Palma documentary. But it was just kind of like, I think Nancy Allen and like Amy Irving were uh-huh. like, they were like, one was dating Spielberg, one was, oh, one wow. was dating De Palma. And I think like, you know, because he cast Nancy Allen a lot. And I don't know. I think in, in Blowout, she kind of fits, she fits the role. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I think I have a Nancy Allen thing and like sometimes her performance in RoboCop is just a little too like hey Murphy like yeah let's yeah. get you back up to shape. Right. It, it's it's a little much for me and I find her the same but like everything in the De Palma thrillers is a little much. So she fits Yeah, well, it's all I'll say is uh it's too bad that it doesn't click with you. I've I've found that it's a really rewarding film. Uh, I've tried so through. many times, including sure. recently. So it's uh you know Brian De Palma. Uh, it, it's not you. It's me. Uh, <laughs> no, I have a and and I, there's other De Palma movies that I keep wanting to go back to. Snake Eyes is one of them, just because it, it it's it's fun. It's you know you're yeah, following Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage around, yeah. and he's he's kind of like doing the Nick Cage thing. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was a movie that I had on recently. And oh, geez, what else? You know what I've been watching bits and pieces of? The Principal with uh, James Belushi and oh. Lou Gossett Jr. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I can vaguely picture like the poster. Yeah, exactly. It's like them looking out the like broken window of a classroom. Yeah. Like one of them's got a bat. But I've kind of just been watching that in like bits and pieces, like, you know, at night after I finish like doing whatever I'm working on. Just like, all right, I watch something stupid for a few minutes. And You know, Dan, it's interesting that you just mentioned the the idea of one of them holding a bat. Uh, the other day I was in my car and I see this guy running across the street. Very regular looking dude in a very chill neighborhood. Um, And he was running up to a taxi cab holding up a baseball bat. And I was just thinking like, do people really have baseball bats at the ready to like threaten somebody with or to scare off a a thief? I don't have, do I need a baseball bat? Do you have a baseball bat? Yes. I, John, I, I kid you not. Um, so we have, and it's not, I mean, it wasn't bought for that purpose, but there was one night where like, it was like three or four in the morning. It's about a year ago. And uh-huh. there's a bang on the door in the middle of the night. And like, you know, um, Alicia, my wife gets up and, you know, I, I think our daughter, Chloe woke up from it 
by the time I was able to like, you know, get, get down, you know, get downstairs, they were gone. And so I looked at, you know, we had the, the, you know, security camera up front and looked at it, but I went and it was, and, and like, I'm, yeah, I, I definitely took a bat and was looking because I couldn't tell the age. I mean, it turned out these were like middle school kids. Right, right, right. Um, so like had I found them, I hope I would not have used the bat. Oh, no, 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 no. no of course. I would not have used the bat, but I definitely had, and it was the bat that we had bought for Chloe um the month that she wanted to get into baseball. And it's <laughs> so it's like not a full size bat. It's like because she was, I don't know, like six. So right. Uh, it is, but it, that makes it really convenient to, you know, to wield as a weapon. It's, it's, um, you know, less cumbersome than a full size bat. So of course, had I gotten into an altercation, I would have been able to be much more swift in my movements with it. Of course, of course. Like twirling it like a, I pretty much imagined it like, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the original one. Oh, with because Casey Jones has the baseball bat. Yeah, except I'm picturing it more like the the like Raphael. Uh, Got it. Who's the turtle that's a bit sullen in it? He's kind of sulky and. Yeah, I think that's Raphael. Was that, that was Raphael. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's like a part where he goes out and he's just like he he just gets into a fight. Uh, I think that it's like implied that maybe he sleeps with April O'Neil. Like there's which- something. In, I can't, in which I can't of the remember. turtles in time <laughs> uh, i didn't see that one so secret of the ooze oh boy i uh, vanilla ice is performing and yeah they're and, they're just like, and he's just like shh we, we can do you got this. this you and me and uh yeah uh that's the secret um but <laughs> you know <laughs> we uh we um you know, really could have had go a perfect ninja, segue go ninja, when talking go, about go baseball ninja, bats. Um, yes, but yes, uh, yes. I, I, uh, I did want to, uh, you know, share an endorsement for a couple of movies that I did uh, just just recently see. Last yes. night at at my theater, we presented a film, a documentary called "The First Step," uh, which is all about uh, Van Jones and his uh, quest to uh, pass a bipartisan bill for prison reform. Not a really uh, fun topic for us to be discussing, but it was a really great documentary, and um, I had a really great time uh, with the... The producer Lance Kramer, he was out for it, and okay. um, yeah, yeah, so that Lance, was so that was pretty Lance, great. Lance and Kramer. Then, what else has he? I I feel like I know that name. I don't. Uh, I actually don't know. Um, I think that there are other Lance Kramers. Um, I mean, I'm sure somewhere, they're, they're somewhere out there, but uh, underneath the same sky. Yeah, I don't know. Um, City of Trees is one from 2015. Ah, uh, no, I don't know that one. Anyway, yeah. not important. Not important right now. Not important. But not so important. that's good. So, but what's important is prison reform. Ooh, yeah, that is important. But I, uh, I will also give another endorsement for a movie that I saw the other day that is out in theaters now called Amsterdam, directed by oh. David O. Russell. Uh, and it is. It's great. 
I'd say it's like David O. Russell, I feel like, had a, f- a few, you know, Joy was kind of a womp womp. I, I mean, yes, there were some critically com- uh, critically acclaimed components to it, but how many times have people watched Joy since it came out? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, of course, Silver Linings Playbook and right. American Hustle, uh had their had their notoriety but i feel like uh amsterdam and i gotta say like i think that john david washington and chris rock both Mm -hmm. add an element to it that you don't typically see in a lot of um david o russell movies i i loved christian bale's performance i thought he was great margot robbie was really fantastic and brought a new energy that like I think that he was trying to capture with Jennifer Lawrence in a few of those movies, and you know clearly the the critics and the award voters agreed that she was a uh, a good fit for that. But I feel like Margot Robbie in this role was really perfect, and it's the one it's one where like it could have very easily been Jennifer Lawrence just okay. out of ease and comfort, but. You know, going with Margot Robbie was a really good choice. She's great. Got it's a. I mean, the cast is really stacked. You got Rami Malek, Anya Taylor Joy, oh, Taylor uh, Swift, John Timothy. Uh, we've got some Rune Timothy favorites. I saw that. I was looking at the cast list because we're probably going to go see it. I don't think we can go see it this weekend because I agreed. I volunteered to chaperone the homecoming dance. Uh, okay. At work. So, uh, uh, but we are planning on going to see Amsterdam either this weekend or next. So I was just like, I was curious because I'm like, man, I, you know, you see like the little thumbnail of the poster and it's like, there's a lot of names. I I can't understand them. But yeah, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers. Yes. They are a little duo that's really funny. Wait, what? Michael Shannon and Mike Myers together? Yes. <sighs> I might have to. They're great. I don't, um, I don't know if Oliphant I can wait a week. is in a, a role where you wouldn't even recognize that it's him, which I think is kind of a waste of Timothy Oliphant, but he's fantastic. Uh, and you also have some people who you might not recognize in there in pretty prominent roles, which is great. Uh, but ultimately, it's a it's a really good time. It's a very fascinating story. That's another one of his like this is kind of a true story things it um, seems that, a bit cohen-esque just from the, it's, just it from is the commercials. very cohen-esque but there are there are moments that have some of that david o russell style of humor and something that i was you know and this you can listen back to our flirting with disaster episode if you want to hear us talk more about david o russell but i there was something that i had kind of noticed that I really is in a lot of david o russell's movies i feel like maybe less so with like the fighter or joy, but right. it's one of those, he's one of those directors who has these stories that are about, you know, people who are unlikely matches for each other teaming up. And uh, you see it in I Heart Huckabees. Right. Uh, you know, you see it a lot Three in Kings. Flirting with Disaster. Uh, yes, you, of course, you see it in Three Kings, people who are matched up with each other because of the out way of that the military works. Yeah. yeah, out of circumstance. And yeah, a lot of, and, and actually in Amsterdam, this isn't giving anything away, but, you know, people are matched together because of military ties. And it's really fascinating the way that he is able to uh, let these, these characters complement each other in really fantastic ways. 
and that's what really drives the energy of the of the film forward and it's a really fantastic thing to watch in this and um yeah highly recommended it. it's it's really great and uh just amazing performances great writing great directing uh that says dan do people really use baseball bats to ward off uh thieves and no good nicks <laughs> yes john they do well do you have a bat called wonder boy <laughs> no john i don't but you know who does roy, roy hobbs, hobbs. <laughs> see we got we got there yes we we made it we made it dan yeah had you had you seen the natural before I had at some point. I have no uh-huh. idea when. I definitely didn't see it in the theater. I I have no like I I feel like I saw it at some point in my teens maybe. Like it's a movie you heard about, you know. Yeah, I mean like what's your impression of The Natural if like you see the poster or you it, it comes up somehow? Well, okay. So I guess the thing I, I I'm going to answer your question by not answering your question. Uh, what I think one of the iconic images that you associate with the natural is the ball smashing the the lights and the 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 scoreboard. Sure, yeah. Um, so it, it's like that's what I think. But I mean, when you see the poster of the natural, you're like, oh, Robert Redford is dissolving and he's just standing there and ah. Uh, it's kind of a I it I liked it better when I saw it when I was younger. I remember that. I know that. Okay. So I I don't know if that is as an answer to your question. Uh, no, I I mean yeah sure. It what is. would I I'm... what would I think what what would I think now if I saw the natural minor Redford? Well, okay. If I, I, saw I the think poster. that I think that what I mean is like when I think about the movie The Natural, which I hadn't seen before just this past week, I think that what came to mind was like, it was one of those crucial baseball movies of the 80s and I'd say and 90s that, you know, kind of goes in there, you know, because that's the time of like Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. Eight and Men Out. Eight Men Out. I would even lump in Major like League. Major League. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. And even though Major League is, you know, certainly a different tone than the other ones. And, but, but like, uh, y- yes, though, but, there's definitely a sim- there's a there's a similar vibe wh- in the oh, natural. Well, like, I mean, the natural not vibe, and, but a plot. The similar. natural. Yeah. The natural and Major League have. A, yeah. A, a, essentially one very s- similar plot line. Right. Yeah. yeah. And although I, I like there really isn't much to the baseball scenes in the natural. And no, because people either no. hit a home run or they get struck out or they, you know, goof around in the field and knock into each other or, you know, there's yeah. not, there's not a whole lot of baseball in it. Right. So, and I, I think I, I just have trouble. Yes. No. What do you have trouble with? Oh, sorry. Your finger went up. Uh, uh, I have trouble, or I had trouble this time, uh, like, caring really that much. 
And I was like, so this guy is just like, he's the ideal man, basically. Uh, you know, he's Superman. He survives a gunshot to the okay, gut. Let's synopsize. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. As a boy, Roy Hobbs had a dream. He wanted to be the most famous baseball player in the country. And he worked hard to get there, practicing with his father near constantly. And several years later, Roy got called up to try out with the Cubs, which inspired him to propose to his lifelong gal pal, Iris. After a literal and figurative roll in the hay, Roy took off on a train headed to Chicago. Along the way, he meets one of baseball's biggest stars, the Whammer, who is unimpressed by Roy. On a brief stopover, a wager is placed that Roy can't get three strikes past the Whammer. After wowing the audience, including famed sports writer and cartoonist Max Mercy, Roy continues on his journey and has officially caught the eye of Harriet Byrd, a mysterious vixen who Roy finds quite intriguing. But when she invites him to her hotel room one day, Harriet shoots Roy and leaves him for dead as she meets her own destiny by defenestration. Sixteen years later, Roy is finally back in the majors. It turns out that the bullet only injured him, but caused a major malfunction to his self-esteem. Essentially, Roy vanished for the entire time and only later began to try his luck in baseball once again. This time, he's been placed with the New York Knights, but since he's considerably older, the team manager, Pop Fisher, writes Roy off as an insult by the team's majority owner, the judge. The judge is trying to get the team to fail so that he can get the remaining ownership stake from Pop, but despite Pop's aversion to Roy, he lets him step in to hit, resulting in a home run that knocks the cover off the ball entirely. You see, Roy uses a bat that he made when he was a kid called Wonder Boy. He carved it from a tree that had been struck by lightning on the day of his father's death. This hit gets the attention of the entire league and the front pages of every newspaper. I guess the 30s were a slow news decade. The judge offers Roy $5,000 to help him achieve his goal of ruining the season, but Roy refuses. This also upsets local bookie Gus Sands. Gus has been placing major bets against Roy in the nights that Roy is now disrupting. A winning streak commences now that Roy is at bat. The entire team's morale is up too. But then Roy meets Pop's niece, Memo Paris, which may as well be George Glass. Memo is also Gus's gal, but they seem to be in an open relationship. Memo and Roy begin to date and his performance in the field goes down as his performance in the bedroom goes up. But that all comes to a screeching halt when he spots his old gal pal, Iris, and she appears in the stands. They reconnect and he finds out that he got her pregnant literally their first time having sex ever. And as much as he wants to pick up where they left off, Iris sends him on his way. That's when the knights are having fun at a team party and Roy is poisoned by Memo. He survives, but he's sent off to recover in a maternity ward for some reason. After a losing streak without Roy, they have one last chance to win and take it all. Roy defies the doctor's orders and does his best to play. At the game, Roy hits a foul ball and splits Wonder Boy, but the Bat Boy brings him a bat that they made together and he hits a championship winning home run, breaking the lights. Roy and Iris get back together and he is united for the first time with his son. I missed a whole lot of stuff in there, Dan, but that's because there's so much that goes on in this damn movie. Didn't even talk about the baseball player that he replaced who dies suddenly. Well, uh, I, Michael I, Madsen. A young Michael Madsen once again. Yeah. Uh, 
who was also who was Memo's boyfriend, right? First, I guess, or yes, or I guess, I guess she was helping because Bump was that's the the guy, right? Michael Madsen's, uh, right? Yeah. Like he was taking the bribes to help, like yes. throw the games, yeah. So essentially, uh, to kind of uh, fill in some of the blanks, Gus had placed a bet on, uh, uh, or I should say, against Roy. In that, uh, when he threw the three strikes against right. wet the whammer, so right. that's why uh, Gus has like a personal vendetta against him, and uh, what? And am I am I mistaken in saying that that Gus had him shot by Harriet? Oh yeah, Gus had okay. him shot by Harriet. Yes, and Gus is also having Memo try and kill him. Right this time around. Yeah. So Gus essentially has the like one woman at a time who's just like at his beck and call to do whatever. It's like a James Bond movie, but instead of James Bond, they got like I was about to say James Blonde. Uh, oh my god! Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> acknowledging. So uh, just just awful. real quick, just real quick. Robert Redford is Roy Hobbs. I hope that that's obvious. Uh, Robert Duvall is Max Mercy, and I didn't talk too much about him in this, but he's a he's the sports writer, and the entire time he's, you know, I th I think he's like with Gus. Yeah, yeah, he's like buddies with Gus, and uh, surely they have some sort of like deal struck up for his sports writing and something else, and you know, and until he knows that Roy is the guy who he met when he pitched the strikes against the whammer, uh, he's constantly like, how do I know you from so, how do I know you? So anyway, that's Robert Duvall. Um, Robert Duvall has been uh, coming up a lot recently on our podcast. We have newsies. I feel like he's been making a lot Robert of Robert Duvall does not stop work. I mean, he might've stopped working like recently, but yeah. Robert Duvall did not stop working for a long time. Robert yeah. Duvall pops up. Gone in 60 seconds. There's Robert Duvall. Hey, what? Robert da Duvall. Days of Thunder. There's Robert yeah. Duvall. Uh, you know, The Natural. There, True Confession. Robert, du I mean, and I'm not complaining. Like, Robert Duvall's awesome. Yeah. Um, Glenn Close plays Iris. Kim Basinger is Memo. Wilford Brimley is Pop. And boy, is he great. Yes. <laughs> he and Richard Farnsworth when they're doing the little like Richard, name that tune. I know Richard Farnsworth and and uh, Wilfred Brimley are such a great pair. Uh, Barbara Hershey is Harriet. Robert Prosky is the judge. You would remember Robert Prosky from Mrs. Doubtfire as Jonathan Lundy. Um, <laughs> we have God. Joe Don Baker as the Whammer. Um, yep. Michael Madsen as Bump Bailey, who's really the Whammer, and they're not even trying to hide it. Like is is, oh, is Babe Ruth. Yeah. It is so like he looks exactly like. Babe Ruth. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. So uh it's it's a it's a great cast. Uh you know, but it's a it's oh, a really... shout out sh sorry, shout out to another cast member, Mike Starr, uh New Jersey's own <laughs> Mike Starr, uh who's also on the team. Mike Starr well, is another one of those guys where oh it's that guy. Hey, it's, it's that guy. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. So Yep, used yeah, to see him at so, the Dunkin' Donuts. So this is one of those this is one of those movies where it is 
too fast at times where it feels like it skips over things. Like when Bump dies, it he you know he crashes through like the the stands in the outfield, and then you just see a newspaper headline that says Bump is dead. It, yeah, it's it's like funny. This, this movie has so many newspaper headlines <laughs> to help you get from like point A to point B. I, yeah. I need to go back and count how many like front page papers there are. There is a front page article about how Roy sees a woman in the crowd and gets a home run <laughs> after not doing that well. And there's like a photo of Glenn Close. And it's like, what photographer is just like, oh, I'm just going to take a picture of that person standing there. Oh, good. He got a home run. <laughs> I can make this into the front page of the paper. <laughs> It's the 30s. We have nothing else to write about. Yeah, no, there's not nothing, nothing at all going on to be concerned about. Not anywhere. Not anywhere no. at all. Everything is fine. It's all just no. baseball, baseball, baseball. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the, there couldn't be anything going on like anywhere, I don't know, Europe that could no, be concerning in the 30s. Not at all. No. I mean, look, this is before the days of the 24-hour news cycle. I, I think had like we would have known had there been the 24-hour news cycle and internet and all that. Eh, oh, yeah. Every, everyone would have known what was going on in Europe. So Okay, so no. uh aside from that, so we have sorry, all these... I, sorry, I always bring it back to Nazis. Jeez. Hey, no. That, I mean, that's what I was getting at. It's just like uh, hello. Seriously, I feel like all of these newspaper segments. There needs to be like a moment of somebody just being like, "Where's the sports section?" And then like right. finding that. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> Flipping pages, just being like, "Has anyone seen the sports?" Because the front, the rest of the newspaper is really depressing. But no, you're uh, you're right though. But but like <laughs> it, it, the same thing could have been achieved by showing people reading the paper, showing that it's the inside of the paper where you would find I such a piece. Except not really because you wouldn't find the piece about like you know uh, Glenn Close in the crowd at the yeah know. is that Glenn Close <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so. Uh, I, but I feel like also as fast as those moments are where it's just like, how the hell do we get through all this stuff? There are so many moments that are so slow. Yes. That drag on. I was fighting to stay awake by the end of this movie. And at the end of it, I was like, is the natural bad? Is this movie that I've heard of all of these years as being like one of the great baseball movies, a bad movie? And like, I get that there's a lot of things about this movie that are heralded as being fantastic. The cinematography, the score. I mean, the cast is fantastic. Um, but I think that, you know, it's an adaptation from a novel. A 1952 so, novel. So a 1952 novel. Put that in context. And, and so I'm just wondering, it's like, is it just a bad adaptation? And like, they just, it's just unbalanced. Um I don't know. And and also it's like it's directed by Barry Levinson and it's like but Barry Levinson's good. I know this is his second okay. movie. It's his second movie. His first being Diner, which Diner, is which is great. such and it it's great, but it's it, first of all like Diner was familiar material to him because it was like, you know, based on, yeah. you know, uh, his his younger days and uh it like, you know, set in 
in Baltimore. Not that they need to be set in Baltimore, because he also, like, after The Natural, he directed Young Sherlock Holmes, which is great. Uh, right. And then, you know, Good Morning Vietnam, Rain Man. Well, I mean, Tin, Tin Men is Tin fantastic. Men. Tin Men's underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rain Man. Avalon is one that's, I haven't seen Avalon in forever, and I remember that being really good. I don't know if I've ever seen Avalon. Bugsy. I mean, I'm just, I'm going, I'm looking down the list. Yeah, it's funny because like he's got these string of, the string of like, in my opinion, great movies. Then he hits like a couple of, he does like Toys, which is weird. Jimmy Hollywood, which I've seen part of. Yeah, but Sleepers and Wag the Dog are both amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sleepers is good. You know, the book is, wow. Sleepers is intense. Sleepers is intense. Wag the Dog is fantastic, right? But then it's like sphere uh right and then the rest of them are you know there's like bandits and stuff like that it's but here then, and there oh i forgot he did envy i like that movie it's stupid but i like it that's the ben stiller well one of ben the ben stiller jack black ones where they invent the spray that uh makes dog poop disappear right what a weird what and a like, weird plot it's it's just very weird, but yeah, I don't know. Man of the Year was another uh, good one there. Well, with, Man of the Year, I think, was uh, was very of its time. Yes. Um, it was very much just like, could a late night person, you know, who comments right. on politics become president? You know, that kind of thing. It was, and with I, Robin Williams, I mean... How could it be too bad, right? I thought it was good. I thought I, if I remember correctly, I remember seeing I, it, I feel like it kind of it. It was not sure if it wanted to be a satire or a thriller. It kind of felt like a little mishmash, a thrill tire. But <laughs> yes, um, yeah, thrill a thrill tire exactly. <laughs> uh, I could tell that you were no. trying to like riff on it and improve upon it, but you're just like, nope, that's the one. Nope, a thrill. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of an example of oh, duel. That would be a thrill. T- no, actually, it wasn't a satire. So uh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting back to Barry Levinson. So yeah, so the natural. I cannot imagine why I would have liked it back in the day. Uh, it, it, I, it's you know very. I, I'm just like I don't care. It's really interesting how in the 80s, and I need to check on one thing really quick um, to see uh, what year one movie came out. Okay, 1992. Exactly. So, you know, there was definitely this fascination in the 80s and early 90s with, you know, old-timey baseball. And because I was looking up The Babe. Because it's like, you know, The Babe is 1992. Um, We've already mentioned Eight Men Out, Field of Dreams. You know, there is this. And also, I mean, A League of Their Own. I I, I would also. Right. It's certainly very different. But no, but it's 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 like it's about baseball. It's a true story about baseball. And then League of Their Own is a great baseball movie. It has a lot of. Oh, I love the baseball scenes in that. Oh. A zillion percent. It's yeah. great. And the, I mean, and the a... League of Their Own Hulu series is fantastic. Oh, Prime? Prime oh, series? is it Prime? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Prime yeah. series. It's fantastic. Yes. I've seen a few episodes of it so far. and Oh, yes. it's really good. Yes. Oh, oh my God. The last episode had me crying. Oh, okay. Thanks for the warning. Uh, I can't handle <laughs> that these days. I can't... I'm trying to avoid emotions as much as possible. It was a good cry, which is which like, is which is know. why The Natural was a good movie to watch because I didn't I I didn't care. 
Yeah, well, I cared you know, about I was... Wilford. I wanted to care. I wanted to care about like pops and everything, but like I didn't yeah. care about Roy. And I was like, what happened to him? Like when he got shot, and like, are we just gonna forget about that? And I'll I know. Be a- all right. What is the dude doing for 16 years? Confession time. Yeah, not solving yeah. who shot him. Shit. Yeah, right. Um, confession time. All right. You were talking about how you were struggling to stay awake. I couldn't. I did not watch them. I watched about <laughs> half of the movie when I when when like you signed on before and I was watching TV and you were that was the first time I was watching that since the first time I saw it. Okay. So, I did not uh, So what was happening? Movie. What was happening when you've you've wrapped up? When I wrapped up, oh it Had he been poisoned yet? No, he had not been poisoned wow. yet. It was it was no, I'm telling you, it was right after uh the 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 bookie reveals that he was the that like the whole tells the whole story at dinner. Oh, that was it, oh. which was good because I was coming into this thinking, like, do we ever find out why yeah. Barbara okay. Hershey shot him? And do we yeah. ever, where you know, at Barbara that moment, Hershey? I remember just being like, ah, okay, I see what's going on. And yes. then, um, okay, so did you even, wait a second. I read did you get the, to the summary point, on Wikipedia. Did you get to the point where Iris shows back up? No. <gasps> oh my god <laughs> i've seen it before i've seen it before okay i know so, and i know i it's okay so ridiculous. okay but i know you haven't seen it in a long time so let me just kind of guide you through how this goes down you know they they reconnect and they're spending time together and uh, she and he's he asks like do you have uh any children and she was like i have a son a teenager and then you're just like doing the mental math and everything. And then is I, he like me? It is he like me exactly. <laughs> and I, uh, she's like, but I, uh, he's he's never met his father who lives in New York, and it's the New York Knights, so that you know he lives in New yes. York. And I, uh, and then you're just like, oh shit. But then you think about it, and it's just like the two of them were teenagers when the last time they saw each other. Which was also a moment where, like, she's pulling him close in a barn, and it's kind of like a, oh, oh, really? And, like, they're about to, like, sleep with each other for the first time. It's very clear. And so it's like, oh, literally their first time having sex ever. They get the bat wasn't the only Wonder Boy. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just like... Uh, well, first of all, yeah, of course, he's very virile. Um, that's no, no surprise to anybody. It's Robert Redford, and he's, you know, an amazing baseball player. Like, you know, certainly <laughs> uh, there's nothing that this man can't do, which includes uh, impregnating someone just by looking at them. And I, I think that, uh, you know, it's like I don't know if anybody really thought too much about, like, how that all really would have happened. Like, no one brings up the fact that it's like oh th- their first time ever sleeping with each sleeping with anybody because they know each other from when they're children they're well, like childhood uh, sweethearts and i'm sorry hold on hold a moment here so he gets shot how yes. old is he when he gets shot because it's 16 years later after that yeah so he's probably in his he probably comes back when he's in his like 30s uh, because I'm sure that he's supposed to be 
not very convincingly, like 19 or something when he goes off to try out for the Cubs. Okay, wait, hold on a second. So it says 16 years later, all right, in 1939. Um, oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's so, 19. He's 19 oh, when he's he 19? goes to try out. Okay, yes. Yeah. According to Wikipedia. Sure, yeah. Um, okay, so... Yeah, he just disappears like completely off the grid for 16 years. And like I I just don't understand like okay. I I think that here's where we start to get into uh not only <laughs> it's like not only just like how would we like bring this movie back or whatever, which is what we do on this podcast, but like you know, what are the problems that this movie has that leave us wondering where maybe something new could help us solve this problem. And I'm just going to go ahead. For me, of course, there there's something that could be in that, like, you know, the natural, the missing 16 years. You know, it, <laughs> it starts where he's been shot and then, like, you know, ends when he gets kind of called to go try out for the, or, like, to go play for the Knights. And so uh, that's one thing. But the other thing that I was thinking is just, like, I'm fine. Just remake this movie, but like make the pacing better. Remove some of this stuff. I, I feel oh. like we could do with way less plot. There's too much going on. I either get rid of Gus or the judge. We don't need both of them. Loose remake. Loose remake. Yeah. And and I think and you know, and I genuinely think like you could make a you could do a loose remake of this. And I and like I was trying to think of like, oh, do you switch it to other sports? Uh, and I'm like, I'm sure there's a way you could do it, but just a very loose, like, I don't even know if you need the whole like Wonder Boy bat thing. And you just no. have yeah. someone who's like supernaturally good at what, at, at their sport and have them, you know, kind of publicly humiliate a, a pro. Yeah. And, have them, you know, you can still have them get shot. Right. You could potentially show what happens over those 16 years. Mm-hmm. And you could have them uh and and then you know you have them make their their comeback. Um I actually going back to the whole 16 years things, I I don't mind I, I think it's that we never find out. I kind of don't mind the whole mystery of it. I, I, that was actually one of the more interesting parts of it for me was, oh, uh, but if all if it, it would have been solved by Iris being like, where did you go? That was you. You just vanished for 16 years. And right. for him and for him to if even if he said it's too hard to explain, I would have been like, OK. <laughs> You know, <laughs> at least they address like, things for addressing. That. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I like, I could see a remake of this. I could see a remake set. If you're going to, if you're going to keep it with baseball, I mean, you could find, you know, uh, it, it opens up the opportunity. Like your characters, you could have more diverse casting. Um, you know, like Roy Hobbs doesn't have to be Roy Hobbs. Right. So like, and you could do this. You could really, Although it's a really good baseball player name. It's, it's really just like fill in 
the, you know, the character right there. It's just who is the character that is so good that they threaten the establishment. They threaten the, you know, the, the, the hierarchy and, uh, but you know, that they have solid values, uh, I think like that, like that type of, and you of course would have more sports in it. You whatever the sport is, uh, you know, it would have you would have more of that sport in it. Like I don't like watching sports, but I like watching sports in movies. <laughs> okay, so based on the research I was able to do, Dan, do you know when the last baseball movie came out? Oh, uh, the last, like, like big, um, I think any, like any baseball movie. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Give me, give me just a moment. Toss there. out some titles that are coming to mind. All right. I think the first one that comes to mind is hardball, which I know is like 21 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to think more. There was the bad news bears remake in uh-huh. 2000 and what five or 2006. Something we like talk that. about it. It's in the archives. Uh, uh, so let's see. There's bad news bears. There's oh, Moneyball. Okay. Moneyball is the last baseball movie to have come out. And that was 2014. Yeah, and was that 2014? I thought it was like earlier than that. But. That was 2014. Yeah. Wow. That was okay. also the same year as Million Dollar Arm with mm. John Hamm. And I think right. that's a baseball movie. Yes. Pretty sure you it's are. He goes to, yeah. is it Dominican Republic? I think, and... Yeah, I think he's like a scout or something. Yeah. The Scout, which is another great baseball movie. Brendan I Fraser. Never, I've never seen it, but with the whole, you know, celebration of Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Fraser, Albert Brooks. It's fantastic. D- Diane Weist, right? Diane Weist is. I know. Oh my I know. god, Diane Weist is so good. I don't. I Diane don't know Weist how plays I his it. therapist. It's so amazing. Love Diane Weist. Okay. Love Diane Weist. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so it's been a really long time since a baseball movie was made. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I mean, Moneyball was great. Well, okay. Here's why. Maybe it's not so weird. I just I don't think there's as much interest. I mean, there's like there's still interest in baseball. I mean, hell, look, I uh, you know today. So um, you know, for for those new to the the program, uh, I live and teach in Seattle. The Seattle Mariners have made it to the playoffs oh, for the first for time in a long time, and they had their first playoff game today. Uh, it was this afternoon. The governor even proclaimed that people were excused from their afternoon activities, but I don't think that got us the day off. <laughs> However, uh, after our we had a pep rally because also homecoming. Uh, and after the pep rally, when we went back to class, I had the game on. I put the game on because there were kids oh, uh... who were out because they were watching the game. There were like and kids were watching it on their teachers were watching it on their phones like this is a big, uh, you know, like the Mariners are it's a central part of the culture here. And so like it's a really it's it's a really big, big deal. And I think people are into baseball, but I don't know that baseball movies are as much of a draw as let's say I like I'm trying to think of like basketball movies that aren't Space Jam. I mean, like recent right. well, ones. Recent ones. Yeah, um, I think sports I movies in general. Like, what was the last sports movie? 
Well, th- I'm, that's what I'm wondering too, because I'm thinking about football. Sorry, non. And- I'm going to say non-boxing because I feel like you have boxing <laughs> movies come out sure regularly. Yeah. So I think that you know, with football, the last one I can think of is arguably not as much of a football movie as much as it is a uh, medical movie, and that's concussion. You know. Um, okay. I I. Don't know when, you know... Uh, there were a lot of football movies uh, in, like, the aughts because there was, like, The Express, Gridiron Gang, uh, Remember right. the Titans, of course. But there yeah. were a lot of those big... And then there were a lot draft of basketball day. ones. Yeah, Draft Day. Coach Carter uh, was a big basketball one, and I feel like there was another one with, uh, like, Josh Lucas. Uh, oh, as a best, it was like winning season, uh, like a bu- in the aughts, all in the aughts. Uh, yeah, 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 and I don't know. Um, I don't, I, you know, I can't think of a lot of basketball movies aside from, uh, oh, what's basketball. the one? Well, I love White basketball, but jump. I was white Blue man can't jump, Space Jam, no, <laughs> new Space Jam. I'm thinking of the one with Will Ferrell and like Woody oh, Harrelson. Semi pro, semi pro. That's it. Semi pro. Yeah, yeah I, it's a funny movie. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we haven't seen a lot of hockey movies recently. Of course, there are some classics. Slapshot being one mm-hmm. of them that I think we made. Did we mention that on the last episode? I can't remember. I, yeah. Well, Paul Newman. Yeah. Paul uh, Newman. I, yeah. Well, and uh, oh no, Isn't George Royal didn't. Did George Royal direct? I Slapshot? think George Royal did. did do Slapshot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, hockey movies, there's, yeah, Slapshot, Miracle, uh, which was the true story, the one of Team USA yeah. with Kurt Russell. Um, yeah. But I feel, you know, baseball movies were definitely more prominent. Sandlot, another one yep. that's kind Early of, 90s. A, you know, a throwback one. Um, Early 90s, it takes place in the 60s, right? And then in the 90s, you also had Little rookie Big of the League, year. Angels in the Outfield, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, exactly. All around the same time. Yes. And, um, and, you know, with Moneyball being the last one so long ago, that was, that was an Oscar movie. It was a really fantastic movie. It was, there was not a lot of gameplay in it because a lot of the gameplay takes place over like a a radio essentially because he doesn't like to watch the games. But uh, I'd still call it a baseball movie as much as I would any other baseball movie. Um, uh, as even though you don't see a lot of baseball happening in Field of Dreams, there's it's a baseball movie. You know that's a, that's a it's a good point. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. No, no, no. Because well, because I was about to, I was about to kind of question that, or just not really question it because it's it's a personal preference. But like, I just I guess I don't think of Moneyball as a baseball movie. Um. But yeah, it is as much a baseball movie as, although I would say, all right, okay, here's where I would say maybe not as much as Field of Dreams, because even though uh, Field of Dreams doesn't feature a lot as much gameplay, it is much more about the game and the love of the game. Whereas I feel like in Moneyball, it's more about like, it's about, I don't want to just say the, the economics of the game, but the science of the game. Okay. The economics and the science of the game are one component of it. But you also have the story of, you know, Brad Pitt's character started off as 
a Wonder Boy. He was, well, yeah. you know, the next great oh, thing. Go figure, because he, he's this generation's Brad Pitt, or uh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford, yeah. He's so also our have, Brad Pitt. So you have him, you know, getting this big chance and uh, bypassing a scholarship in favor of, you know, getting onto, you know, baseball team, but ending up shitting the bed. So he's got, you know, no education, becomes a coach and or a manager, and he it's really about him and you know finding his place in this industry while right. also navigating his place with his family you know he has uh he's he's divorced they have uh, a child together spike jones plays the uh, ex-wife's new husband and it's amazing <laughs> i know and i um, forgot i haven't seen that movie since i saw it in the theater so. okay and so then you have field of dreams which is about somebody who hears voices I mean, it's uh, Ed Harris's voice, so there's that. We all hear Ed Harris's voice from time to time, and uh, well, who, uh, I think that was just because Kevin Costner was was married to his wife in it. So, oh, uh, well, yeah, there's yeah. So, uh, in so, but Kevin Costner, you know, hears his voice. He has this uh, this you know relationship with his uh, deceased parents. You know, you know, from his past where he, you know, has kind of these unresolved things going on. So it's very much a story about family, which I would say Moneyball is similarly. But I uh, I think that the the family aspects in um, Field of Dreams are they, they take you a little bit further away because you have this whole other thing about James Earl Jones character, who's this author and they're trying to ban one of his books. And it's like, you know, he's going on this little quest based on these voices in his head. And yes, baseball is in there uh, in certain moments. And, you know, there are baseball players that are about it, but it's, you know, it's more about Kevin Costner's, you know, unresolved daddy issues. And uh, I think that for Moneyball, it's more about the game than it is about, um, you know, his own personal life, you know, like his family life. Because also in Moneyball, at the end, you know, he's offered a gazillion dollars by, I think, like the Red Sox to yeah, go work yeah. with them. And he chooses not to. And, and and isn't that doesn't that turn out to be like the Red Sox like championship season? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, no. 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 I guess you know. I you make a good point. I think for me, those movies both also just like Field of Dreams being uh, much older and a movie that I saw much more because it it was one of those movies. And when I was you know much younger, like middle school and high school, and had time to watch movies, you know, you, you watch Field of Dreams a few times. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, Moneyball <laughs> came out, uh, you know, the same year we had Chloe. So, yeah. Uh, well, I, but I we will did, say we did go see it. That's why I, I was say, like, oh, Moneyball, I, I think, has a great, a great, like, a rewatchability factor. And uh, I think that there's certainly a lot of room uh, to continue. And I feel like baseball is a really good sport to do movies about. I think that there's something about it where, it, I don't know, there, there's just so much more behind the the inner workings of the game and the personal lives of the players that, um, I don't know, they just kind of 
come out differently. Plus, I think it's a little different from some of the other sports where, you know, baseball is kind of known where it's like, that guy doesn't look like an athlete, but he sure can pitch. You know, it's like that kind of a thing where it's like you have people who look more just like everybody else. Granted, you know, of course they're they are athletes, but but I also think you get a different element from it. That's also what's nice though about the older baseball movies because I feel like that was much more true of athletes then though though the even whammer. now like there was somebody there was somebody in the game today who was like you know I think a little like you know short and stout a little like I wasn't really full oh is that a teapot yeah he was a little <laughs> teapot, a little teapot? <laughs> and yep uh he was tipped over and stole third base <laughs> yeah uh so no, but like, so I th- I think yeah I agree with you there. Uh, but I think especially the older baseball movies. I always I love the coaches and even even you talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman in Moneyball. Uh, oh, you know, just so good. The, manager, the coaches yeah. with the the bellies. I think of uh, uh, Major League. Yeah, the uh, the manager in in Major League, which I I also I think the baseball works really well on film because you have those moments of stillness that build suspense, but they're also very distinct. It's not like football where everyone's like crouched in and has masks on. And yeah, there's also something about a dugout, right? You know? Yeah. I thought you said that from just a bench, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's you're, 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 you're in the trenches. Uh, and I think about, actually it makes me think of the scene in the Naked Gun when they're in the you see them all in the dugout <laughs> they all start spitting that because that was yeah. another one that I watched not too long ago, but uh, you know they're all spitting and then the people on the field are spitting and then the players' wives are spitting and yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so <laughs> okay so all right I you know I kind of gave my my summary of of what I would do with it I know that you kind of. Added to that a little bit. Did you have anything that more that you wanted to say about? Because uh, you just said essentially a you know a loose remake, a loose remake for today's audience, like not set back in the thirties. Yeah, you know, modern day. You know, we we can lose the whole like you know mystical magical lightning bolt like you could still involve the lightning bolt like that could be there you could still have something with lightning and like the the like the the parent uh the kid you could have that be similar uh and it could be baseball or it doesn't have to be baseball but just someone who's just that good and they end up uh you know they they end up you know outsporting a a legend you know if it's basketball you have someone you have like you know they win a game of one-on-one against michael jordan i don't know what you'd call him or lebron i don't know what you'd call him in in this you know the dunker uh um you know just something like that a way to also like spotlight uh you know different you could you know, do different, different sports, different games, um, have it diverse. Your main character does not have to be male. Uh, so you could really just 
take the basic structure of this story and transfer it and make something that's not only more relevant to today's audience, but also just is more like where you care more. I think we can build up more like, why should we care about this? Like Roy Hobbs right. seems to have ev everything handed to him. I, I mean, except for the, you know, yes, he gets shot in the stomach and then poisoned, but otherwise, it, you know, he keeps, he just kind of like lands on his feet and, you know, I want to, I want to care more about this character. I want to care more about their struggles. I want to, I want to see more of their, their flaws. I want to see like motivations, uh, conflicts. Uh -huh. I, I mean, and you can still bring in the whole gambling thing like that. You know what? Times may change, but some things don't. And we've still got sure. bookies yeah. and gangsters and, uh, gambling, you could have the same things happen. Yeah. So you could do it better. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Dan, I, yeah. So Dan, yeah. I think that now would be a great time to resurrect an old segment. And I'm going to do a modified version of this segment. Oh. The year is 1984. In that year, did anybody name a boat the natural or a horse the natural? Yes. Well, I'm saying which which one? Oh shit. Um I'm going to say I'm just going with 1984. I'm going to say a horse. Dan, there were two horses named the natural in 1984. Any uh, boats? Zero boats in 1984 named The Natural. Uh, however, there are more boats named The Natural than there are horses named The Natural overall. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that was a tough one. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough one, and I really wasn't. It was a crapshoot, but I just felt like it was more, you know, natural uh, to name a horse The Natural. Yeah, Naturally. well, let's give a shout out to uh, one of the horses, the natural born in 1984, to parents Quick Draw and Honey Ray. And then the uh, the other horse named the natural, uh, which was born in 1984, uh, to parents Smooth Town and Shadows Cameo. <laughs> ah! Oh, man, I love it. Who comes up with these things? Horse people, man. Horse people. So, yeah. Dan, do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be doing on our next episode? Yeah. So, our next episode, we're going to be uh, jumping 10 years in the cinematic uh, timeline to 1994 a uh, multiple Academy Award nominee. Uh, I don't know that it won any. Starring uh, one of the great comedic and dramatic actors of our time, Mr. Rafe Fiennes. Co-starring Rob Morrow, John Turturro, Mira Sorvino, and uh, oh, Martin Scorsese is, oh, yeah. uh, is 
is in it as well. And I feel like there's another, like David Paymer is in it. Anyway, we're going to- You got we're your David about- Paymer. You got your Christopher McDonald. Oh, Christopher McDonald. Yeah. We're, so we're, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be talking about quiz show, uh, directed by the one and only Robert Redford. You got Griffin Dunn in there. Oh, you have, yes. you have, you have another George Glass name in there, Timothy Busfield. Ah, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, wonderful, Timothy Busfield. Also yes. of uh, Field of Dreams. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. No, oh, please. and you know who's, you know who also acts in this movie? <laughs> who else acts in this movie? Barry Levinson. Ah, oh, magnificent. So he Magnificent. Has, yeah. He cast a lot of directors in this. Well, and funny about yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about it on on that episode. But yeah, so uh, you know, quiz show, uh, a, a you know, movie from show. from the great. So talk about movie years, by the way. And we'll talk oh, about. Yeah. I mean, nineteen. So we were talking about nineteen eighty four, which is also the year of. Let me take a deep breath. Ghostbusters, The Karate Kid, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. I believe the Neverending Story was that year. Beverly Hills Cop, Amadeus. Uh, like 1984 was a great movie year. 1994 is perhaps better. And Quiz Show is uh, Quiz Show is a, a huge part of that, I think. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. It, yeah, me too. It's been a while, but definitely a movie I've seen uh, many times and have enjoyed. So looking forward to discussing that with you. Well, Dan, as you are, geez, I don't even know, on your way to try out for the Cubs, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. Good journey. 